Hi, I'm John, and welcome to our first study in our Kingdom of God Discipleship module, where we are looking at what is our hope for a better future. I want you to imagine with me the following situation. A nation is at a constant simmer, ready to boil over. The religious people are deeply divided. Some have adopted to the prevailing culture in an attempt to fit in and have been richly rewarded for it with land and profitable businesses and government deals and government postings. But others have sought to remove themselves and, and from the larger society to preserve their customs and the purity of their religion. Those citizens had grown up uh, being told stories of how their land and nation was special. It was founded by God and he had blessed them. And if they would only humble themselves and turn back to them, he would bless them again. But now they find themselves suffering under the weight of a corrupt and inefficient government. Every year their taxes go up and the people are allowed to worship just as long as it doesn't stir up any sort of anti-government feelings. And there had been riots and protests to attempt to push back against this tyranny. But those protests were quickly met by, met by government opposition and were quelled and the leaders of them were carted off into jail. Finally, things got to a breaking point and a full-scale revolt broke out in the capital city and the government soldiers and rulers were driven out. And finally, it looked like this was our chance to restore our political and religious freedom. Now, what is it that I'm describing? You know, probably for most of that, you, you would think I could be very well describing the United States, particularly these last couple of years where political rest, unrest has boiled over uh, like never before. But I'm actually describing first century Jerusalem the time and place where Jesus lived and where the church was born. And all that culminated in a Jewish revolt of AD 66 through 70, when Jewish zealots fought against the Romans, drove them out of their capital city, and even reclaimed a lot of their land. And we might feel like we today are living in unprecedented times, and yet we'll realize that we'll discover in this study that there are many striking similarities between today and first century Jerusalem where Jesus lived. And perhaps by revisiting those times, we can learn what is most important for us today. Mark Strauss points out there are five factors that made first century Palestine, the area around Jerusalem, a hotbed for political insurrection. First, it was conflict between the Jewish people. There were those who had adopted the modern Greek customs and culture, and then there were those who had retreated to form their own communities. Second, there was widespread corruption and oppression by the wealthy aristocrats and landowners. Fifth, there was severe Roman taxation. Uh, sorry, third, uh, severe Roman taxation. Fourth, heavy-handed Roman suppression of any sort of opposition. And then fifth, an incompetent and often insensitive Roman government. Now, you could change just a few of those details, and it would sound like we're describing our situation today. Now, we'll get back to the rest of what happened in that revolt in a bit, but when you ask yourself, in that, or find yourself in that situation, and you ask, what is our hope for a better future? And what do we do to make that better future possible? That's really what your kingdom vision is. It's a question that everybody asks. It was, what is my vision of what the good life is? What is my life made for? What is my destiny? What is a place? What does it look like for me to thrive and my family to thrive and, and to have safety and prosperity? And everybody has some type of kingdom vision. You can often get at it by asking questions like, well, 
What is the purpose of life? Where are we all going? What does everything mean? And in our country, we see two prevailing kingdom visions that more and more stand in opposition to each other and are actually dividing our nation. And these two kingdom visions are in a very general way represented by the conservative and progressive political platforms. But in the last decade, we've actually seen a radicalization on both sides that have pushed those kingdom visions further and further apart, so much so that compromise is now, it seems like an impossible thing, but actually both camps are saying mourned by God and he had blessed them. And if they would only humble themselves and turn back to them, he would bless them again. But now they find themselves suffering under the weight of a corrupt and inefficient government. Every year their taxes go up and the people are allowed to worship just as long as it doesn't stir up any sort of anti-government feelings. And there had been riots and protests to attempt to push back against this tyranny. Those protests were quickly met by, met by government opposition and were quelled and the leaders of them were carted off into jail. Finally, things got to a breaking point and a full-scale revolt broke out in the capital city and the government soldiers and rulers were driven out and finally it looked like this was our chance to restore our political and religious freedom. Now what is it that I'm describing? You know, probably for most of that, you, you would think I could be very well described in the United States, particularly these last couple of years where political rest, unrest has boiled over uh, like never before. But I'm actually describing first century Jerusalem, the time and place where Jesus lived and where the church was born. And all that culminated in a Jewish revolt of AD 66 through 70, when Jewish zealots fought against the Romans, drove them out of their capital city, and even reclaimed a lot of their land. And we might feel like we today are living in unprecedented times, and yet we'll realize that we'll discover in this study that there are many striking similarities between today and first century Jerusalem where Jesus lived. And perhaps by revisiting those times, we can learn what is most important for us today. Mark Strauss points out there are five factors that made first century Palestine, the area around Jerusalem, a hotbed for political insurrection. First, it was conflict between the Jewish people. There were those who had adopted the modern Greek customs and culture, and then there were those who had retreated to form their own communities. Second, there was widespread corruption and oppression by the wealthy aristocrats and landowners. Fifth, there was severe Roman taxation. Uh, sorry, third, uh, severe Roman taxation. Fourth, heavy-handed Roman suppression of any sort of opposition. And then fifth, an incompetent and often insensitive Roman government. Now you could change just a few of those details and it would sound like we're describing our situation today. Now, we'll get back to the rest of what happened in that revolt in a bit, but when you ask yourself, in that, or find yourself in that situation, and you ask, what is our hope for a better future? And what do we do to make that better future possible? That's really what your kingdom vision is. It's a question that everybody asks. It was, what is my vision of what the good life is? What is my life made for? What is my destiny? What is a place? What does it look like for me to thrive and my family to thrive and, and to have safety and prosperity? And everybody has some type of kingdom vision. You can often get at it by asking questions like, well, what is the purpose of life? Where are we all going? What does everything mean? 
And in our country, we see two prevailing kingdom visions that more and more stand in opposition to each other and are actually dividing our nation. And these two kingdom visions are in a very general way represented by the conservative and progressive political platforms. But in the last decade, we've actually seen a radicalization on both sides that have pushed those kingdom visions further and further apart, so much so that compromise is now, it seems like an impossible thing, but actually both camps are saying more and more, we can't even compromise, but we actually need to eradicate the beliefs of that other side because they are dangerous to society. I've heard someone say recently, things have gotten so bad that we can't even agree on what the facts are anymore. And increasingly, it's going to be tempting for Christians to get pulled into one of those two political or kingdom visions, because that's where the centers of power and influence will be. You want to have powerful friends, whether on the conservative or liberal side. But because of the polarization, each group is less and less willing to accept anyone who does not buy into the complete package that they're promoting. So a Christian might believe that, yeah, you know, I think there probably are social justice issues that need to be addressed. We're all sinners. We create systems. And so certainly those systems will have marks of sin. But at the same time, be skeptical of many of the solutions put forth to address those things. Or a Christian might be wary of recent attempts to restrict religious freedom and practice in our nation, but at the same time not agree that everything done by the government is part of some master plan to shut down our churches. Because we know that God instituted government and it has a valid role in our life. But we're rapidly entering into a place where you can't be part of either one of those groups unless you don't just agree with what the problems they say are, but you also agree with what the solutions they recommend are. And this presents a problem for Christians. Because so often the solutions that are presented aren't all that much better than the problems they're trying to address. And so we are left with this uh, temptation to either loosen some of our convictions so that we can fit in, but at the risk of losing our faith, or hold strong to our convictions at the risk of being utterly alone in an increasingly polarized society. And so what is going to be of utmost importance for us in the coming years is that we are solidly rooted in God's plan for a better future, God's kingdom vision. Because in the end, that is the only vision, the only kingdom that will not fail and will address the root of all the problems in our world. And we're going to need to get really good at explaining that kingdom vision, because as both the left and the right radicalize more and more, people are going to get excommunicated out of those groups because they didn't live up, or they realized that those groups could never fulfill on their lofty promises. And they're going to go wandering for something better. And then temptation will be for them to wander all the way over to the other extreme. And yet I'm optimistic because I think us as gospel-believing people have a greater opportunity than ever before to show those people a better way, the way of God's kingdom. So over the next six weeks, we're going to look at what God's kingdom vision is and how it's achieved. Now, as we talk about the kingdom of God, it helps to know what it is we're talking about. Uh, George Eldon Ladd describes it this way. 
The kingdom must not only offer a personal salvation in the future life to those who believe, it must also transform all of the relationships of life here and now, and thus cause the kingdom of God to prevail in all the world. The gospel of redeeming grace has the power to save social, economic, and political orders, as well as the souls of individual believers. He's saying that God's kingdom vision is all-encompassing. It encompasses all of the earth and every problem in it. He then goes on to write, The kingdom of God is like a bit of leaven placed in a bowl of dough, which slowly but steadily permeates the dough until the entire lump is leavened. So is the kingdom of God to transform the world by slow and gradual permeation. Now, for the sake of and simplicity of this course, when we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about really those places where life is in harmony with God. The kingdom is those places where life is in harmony with God. And that kingdom will ultimately only be realized at the end of time when heaven and earth are united. Well, that's it for the introduction, and we'll see you in the next video.